Hello and welcome to Small Villains, a Smallville fan cast. I'm your host, Philip Lopez, and with me is your co-host, Jacob Norwood. Jacob, how are you? Philip, happy birthday! I got you uh, 1% of a Bitcoin. It's not my birthday. In celebration of our 30th birthday. Hooray? We're 30, Philip! We've done it! We did it! Yay! The big 3-0! Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) 30 episodes of the show, Small Villains, one per year. We've done a great, we've had a good run. Something like that. It's about how it feels sometimes. I mean, that is seemingly our release schedule at Mm -hmm. times. But we are reliable once a year. And that's Christmas. all I think you can ask for us. The Christmas Day. You'll never miss a Christmas Day of Small Villains. Is that a reference to something? No, you said once a year. Oh, okay. Anytime says once a year, makes me think Christmas. Sure. Hey, Christmas when's is Christmas? Coming. It is, isn't it? Traditionally, December 25th. We should do some kind of fun Christmas thing for Small Villains. 12 Days of Small Villains. Not there twelve, is... not twelve episodes in uh, twelve days because we can't do one in a week. Um, hey, we have recorded upwards of three episodes in one block this time. That's true, and now you want us to do twelve in a shorter block. That you suggested. It, I didn't. Mean... I specifically said not that. <laughs> uh, we should just do something though. I don't know. Figure something out. If you have an idea, we sh- what we should do for uh, Christmas as small villains. Uh, let us know. At us. At smallvillains1 on Twitter. Um. We're here! We did it. We're here. Um, there is a Jonathan Colton song called Pod Save Christmas, where it's just, it's a, it's a parody of, like, the, uh, uh, Chipmunks Christmas song, but it's about Pod Save Christmas song, so you can use it for your podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is there something there? Maybe. Someone should make Maybe. us a song. Is so, that any musical musical listeners out there? Submissions are now open for our new theme song. Because as much as we love Joko, and as relevant as this song is to our show, having something our own would be even better. I would love someone to make like a, song, a theme song for us in the style of early 2000s rock. Oh, yes. Do your best Chad Kroger impression. Oh, I want that. Speaking of early 2000s, this slash is mid 90s. See, that's something just, like that. Well, that's just the Smallville theme with our name in it. It's like a Weird Al thing. It's public. It's fair use. It's fine. I, mm, <laughs> it's fair use. I mean, I I I hear uh um. Remy Zero is extremely litigious, so... That's true. They will they will lawyer you. <laughs> um, Philip, let me ask you a question. Did your uh, public high school have a metal shop? You know, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> well, I didn't know. I was a theater kid. I didn't have to do... So you just never, shop. like, went on that side of the... Listen, my school was very was small, like, and the student body was very a, small, and for me to I not to a know... public high school, Jacob. No, I know. It's just foreign to me to not know what's going on in every inch of my building at any time. 
I think there was an entire like, I don't like, understand wing how that's of possible. the high school that I to never went to. just not know if there's like people welding and stuff somewhere in my building. So, um, my high school was set up as we called them halls, and I guess it was—I mean, it's basically just halls. It was yeah. So like, it was like these long corridors, kind of connecting different rooms and like branches and off them. And so you yeah, just, that's just a hall, Philip. You're just describing halls. <laughs> yeah, but that's where like the we called kind them of halls. Well, that's where the they had these were. things that we called rooms. <laughs> so there was like A hall and B hall and C hall, sure, etc. Okay, there was like it like it was like A through D or E or something. Anyway, I had I think my entire time. In high school, I think I had one class in a hall. Well, there could have been a shop in there. I don't know. In which hall? A hall. Which? Just any of them, or? Yeah. <laughs> Third base. Hey, who's on? Who's on first? Uh, that classic routine. Well, uh, I don't. Whether or not your school had a metal shop, Smallville High School certainly does. Yes. That's in weird. this episode called Dichotic. Tell us about it, Philip. It is originally aired. On November 19th, 2002, it was written by Mark Verheiden, who previously wrote episodes X-Ray, Rogue, Shimmer, Zero, Obscura, and Heat. So, Company know, man. Just a solid, solid uh, uh, resume there. Mm -hmm. um, decent to kind of bad episodes. <laughs> Um, it was directed by Craig Zisk. This was the only episode he, of Smallville he directed. Uh, he is like kind of like a go-to guy for TV shows. Like if your your main director didn't show up or something, because he's he's written a bunch of different TV shows or directed. He's like your a first, bunch of different TV shows. He's like your first alternate. Yeah, he's like uh, Alias, Scrubs. He did a bunch of episodes of Weeds in the United States of Terra. He did, like, five episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Wow. Just the whole gamut of different things, and that's what he's directed. Cool. Well, it resulted in a competently directed episode. Yeah, remember how we've been complaining about Freaks of the Week? We got one. Yeah, you made it seem like you were happy about that. Are you happy about that? I. It's what I wanted after those last couple episodes. Fair. It's, like, it's just back to, like, kind of the formula... Right, because when we were complaining about Freaks of the Week, it wasn't, this is <laughs> like a monkey paw finger curled or something, because this is not yeah. what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't looking for episode, like soap opera episodes instead. Yeah. Because that's legitimately what the last two were. We had a secret mom, and we had a kid die of cancer. Like, that is as soap opera as it gets. And what we want is, like, lore stuff, like... You know, the origins of Superman and like, you know, um, we were just talking off air about like when Jor-El shows up and when the Fortress of Solitude shows up mm -hmm. and when Bizarro shows up. And like that's we're ready for this stuff to start happening. And right now we're just like, I don't know, Lex and Clark are brothers, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're waiting for those ding dang caves that we know are coming. There's caves coming. I know very little about them, but I know they're there. I think a rave happens in one at one point. That stands to reason. It was the early 2000s. What else do you do in the cave? Everybody was raving. Rave. Everybody was kung fu raving! Oh, no. Oh, no. Those drugs were something ecstasy. I don't know. I've never um, been to a rave. <laughs> or taken ecstasy, for that matter. 
Yeah, I've probably I've probably been to some Christian versions of raves, uh, oh, which man. is where a bunch of like fifteen year olds get glow sticks and just kind of like talk. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, there's no dancing involved. No, no, we turn off the lights and we, uh, I don't know, worship, yeah. worship the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. It's my upbringing. It's been 20 minutes, Jacob, but we have not mentioned that this episode contains Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT is in the house! <laughs> hey, he's uh, pretty good in this episode, right? Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's a surprise, I mean, surprisingly good is kind of maybe kind of mean, but like, he's a pretty good actor. He had, I feel like he was kind of the standout on Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was an episode where he had a tumor. I on don't that show. remember that. And he, like, runs away from home when he finds out about it. And, like, they have to go find him. And it's all, like, very special episode-y. And, and, and he was, like, little at the time. He was That was one of his younger episodes. But they did some stuff on that show. Yeah. That show went yeah, We were places. talking about that a little bit uh, before we started recording. Home Improvement. That was uh, a show that apparently we all watched for some reason. We did, well, we watched it because it came on right after Boy Meets World uh, on TGIF. Did it? I thought it was a Thursday show. That's how I remember it. It was one and then the other. But I also remember mm -hmm. watching a ton of like midday reruns of Home Improvement. So, um, He was also young Simba in The Lion King. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Okay, so the episode starts in a shop class. Apparently... Um... Apparently, Clark and Pete have been in a shop class this whole time. And is it the end of the year? End of the semester? I have questions, actually, about when this episode is supposed to take place. Wait, why are you... Oh, it's... Oh, because they're, Cause like, final grades? They're getting, like, final grades. Yeah, maybe, like, midterm or... or uh... yeah, yeah, maybe semester. I don't know. Maybe it's a one-semester class. Like, you take shop one semester and then you take, like, home ec the next semester. Right, yeah. Um, I have a question about copyright. Yes, continue. Uh, so Clark makes an S. Yes, he does. And it's for Smallville. Mm-hmm. Do you think they were prevented from making it actually look like the Superman S by copyright? You don't think it looked like the Superman S? I, I mean, think it deliberately looked like the Superman S. I mean, it did, but it wasn't. Like, it didn't taper off at the bottom like the Superman S does. It was just a straight-on serifed S. Okay. No, I think they were just trying to stay away from their DC stuff like they do a lot. Sure, that's probably true. Like, it's like, no, we want to reference it, but it's not the exact thing. And, yeah, like, if you are, because they're not doing this, but if you are trying to, like, you know, actually plant Superman stuff, it'd be weird for for Clark to then take on as his symbol the S that he designed in high school. In high school shop class? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, that would be, be like if, if he made that S that you draw with, like, the lines on all your doodles. <laughs> That'd be like if he did that as his S. It's kind of the same thing. That would rule, though. I need fan art of Superman with that S. Oh, it definitely exists. I'm sure. It's out there. Pete's somewhere. like, Pete's like, you have to, you got to stick with the basics. He made a candlestick holder. Well, because the teacher comes down on him for lack of function. Yeah, he says all form, no function. Yeah, it's very good form. He's a talented metal worker. He probably did it with his heat vision. You uh, probably not. He probably did it with the real stuff. <laughs> probably. At school. Cause, yeah, because it's not like he's taking it home to work on it. I, like, that took a, that would have taken a lot of work. He would have had to design it 
and then cut it and then like like yeah sand it down or whatever you do with listen metal? what he did was very impressive and his teacher should have been more taken with it pizza's yeah, more felt, impressive like, there's there's a there's a weird like outsized emphasis on metalworking at smallville high school yeah i feel like clark should have gotten better than like a c minus that he got and did he get a c minus i didn't see his grade i think that's what the wiki says okay <laughs> the wiki has his grade yeah okay Anyway, Pete made a candlestick holder. He's like, you gotta stick with the bases. Jonathan Taylor Thomas made a letter opener, and the teacher is real mad about it. Like, it, I don't, like, I don't understand this guy's grading standards, I guess is my beef. <laughs> I guess it, I didn't actually see the letter opener. I was not looking. Is it a good letter opener? I mean, it's a letter opener. I don't know how you make, I don't know what the difference between a good and a bad letter opener is. Well, maybe it was just a lack of ambition. I mean, I guess, but... I mean, that would be like a B at worst, right? He said, uh, his, his, he, uh, the teacher said attitude and effort. So if, like, if, if he's unimpressed by a letter opener, then that falls under effort. I suppose. It seems like a, a wildly subjective teaching method. Listen, Smallville is the premier metalworking high school in the country. You go on to great careers from, from Smallville High School in metalworking. And if you are not ready to come in there day in and day out and give 100% and build a giant suit of armor by the end of the year, you do not belong in that class. I mean, because Pete got a B plus. Is a very like, good candle is, holder. What does this guy want? <laughs> what is what is an A? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like, I don't know. I don't have any metalworking jokes. Yeah. A sword. Anyway. Like a sword. Maybe it's like a sword. That's just a big letter opener. Yeah, that's what that was his problem. He should have gone bigger. Anyway, Pete's like, hey, Clark, I want to know what my grade is. Why don't you x-ray the, the grading book? So Clark does it, which I guess is fine. It's not like he's hurting anyone. Yeah, anyway, he sees Pete got a B plus. Ian got a C. Pete got a B plus. Ian got a C. Uh, and that's important. Like, it's... You know, I the episode actually like uses his seeing the grades as like a plot point instead yeah. of just like Clark being a teenage Superman, <laughs> which it often does. Hey, um, Philip. Yes. Is that Evangeline Lilly? <laughs> Was Evangeline Lilly in this? Did I, I Smallville's could Evangeline have Lily? sworn I I rewound it a couple of times. I am almost certain that Evangeline Lilly is standing at a locker and you see like half of her face and she's with a guy and they hold hands and walk off. And then the camera Hi. turns to Cameron, uh, to Clark and Pete. I'm like 75% sure it was her. I, it's not on the wiki. I mean, it's uh, a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Evangeline Lilly, Smallville. Uh, it, do it does not have her listed in the four episodes it has her listed in on the wiki. So it could be, but I cannot, uh, I cannot vouch for that. Evangeline Lilly's Canadian, right? Yes. Which means she's working in the TV industry in Vancouver? Yeah, I think that's where they do it. Yeah, so it is not hard to believe that she is a recurring extra on this show. Yeah, it's not outside the realm of possibility, uh... I did not notice her. I may, I'll go back and double check, though. I feel like if it she, was her. 
If she, if it was her, she was not nearly as featured as she was in the last time we saw her. No, which was um, the Beastie Boys episode. Yeah, kinetic. Kinetic. About drugs. It wasn't, though. It was about tattoos. Ian had a legendary 4.0 grade average. It took a hit yep. because of metal work. You know, kids these days have like 5.5 grade point averages. I mean, we were on a 12 point scale, so I had like a 11 something. <laughs> Show off. Um, yeah, no, GPA stopped meaning things a while ago. Um, because college and higher education is a joke. Uh, but you should still get your degree. I think I'm a fan of degrees. Ninety eight. I like. Dang it! You beat me to it. <laughs> 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 anyway, Ian goes. You heard us racing to it. <laughs> uh, Ian goes to visit the teacher and like is being real threatening about his grade because he needs a four to get this Luther Corp scholarship. You know the bio for our Twitter for small villains says the show about Clark Kent and all the murderers he knows. Does it? That is the bio for our Twitter page, yes. Hey, can you read the things that I write, please? It's a very good bio. <laughs> um, anyway. Hey, so presumably Jonathan Taylor Thomas has been at Smallville High this entire time, right? Presumably, yes. Like, Even though, the, I mean, he's just a sophomore, but yes, since the beginning of the show, he should be around he's somewhere. Essentially a valedictorian, and nobody has mentioned him ever once. Correct. Okay. Um, my point is you that everyone's... You think he would have run for student council in that B episode? He's too busy, man. He's got community busy college like classes B. to take. So the lights go out. The door closes. My point with the Twitter thing is that oh, everyone right. who has superpowers on this show murders people. Like, that's the default setting for superpowered people on this show. And I don't... Ian goes... I know we've Good. talked about it, but I, it does. it still bothers me that, like... Step one, split into two people. Step two, stab anyone who you don't like. What the heck? Yeah, Ian goes from zero to murderer extremely fast this episode. Does, has he done this before? Because he doesn't seem too bothered by it. I He has to have, right? Like, he just, just does it. He turns on bad early 2000s rock music and then yeah. <laughs> stabs the teacher with the letter opener. Was he going to kill Lana and Chloe? Was that his eventual plan? I mean, at the end when they found him out, I think. And by I think, I mean, I know because he tried to throw them, well, he successfully threw one of them off the dam. But I don't think initially he was trying to kill them. Going to kill them. Mm, okay. Uh, he stabbed the teacher and then the credits roll. Hey, can we talk about how Lex also goes from 0 to 100 real fast this episode? Yeah, it's weird that no expl- like, that seems like a setup for something, but really he just had a bad day. Yeah, like, I thought it was gonna be, like, another x-ray situation where it was somebody, like, posing as him. Right. Or something like that. Or he leaves a the pheromone-producing woman. Because yeah. um, he even so meets he a woman the- in this episode. He sure does. In my notes, referred to as Hot Doctor. Oh, mine too! Uh, so he's leaving the Talon. He's late for an EPA tour at the plant. EPA exists now, ticket. by the way. It's been mm-hmm. it's replaced that other agency. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their EPA is real now. And he's getting a ticket. I don't... What? Does he not pay the... He's parked, he's parked illegally, yeah. 
I guess. Anyway, the meter maid's been a, a kind of a jerk about it. It's a twenty-five dollar ticket. He's got a point. I mean, sure. Anyway, Lex takes a golf club, a four thousand dollar golf club. Well, part of a four thousand dollar set, but yes, sure. And then it just like bashes the guy's car in. It's probably very cathartic for him. I get it. Lex has to put up. I, I'm not justifying it, but I get it. Lex put up puts up with a lot of crap from people in this town. Some of it earned. Not all yeah. of it, because he is genuinely trying to help people. I mean, the problem is that he, he's trying to help it in the only way he knows, which is to succeed in business. Um, right. It's a real trickle-down situation. But mm-hmm. he is, you know, he does put up with quite a bit of abuse from people in town. Sometimes you just have a bad day. I suppose. I guess that's what happened. But... Day. You hit the meter with your golf club and then you drive away. That was pretty good. Are you proud of, you proud of yourself? Very. Anyway, it's just like we've never seen Lex have like anger management issues before. I know. it's, And now here we go because they need him in this anger management class later. Which was a bit of a stretch. Like he didn't. The only reason he was there was to meet this girl. Right. Could have just done that in the hospital. Anyways, I know. maybe that's a multi-episode thing. I don't know. I mean, I know she comes back. I'm sure she does, but obviously like... Obviously she does. Yeah, but he doesn't need to be in the group for that to happen. So maybe something sure. else is coming out of this group. Maybe we meet another media freak as a result. Hey, one thing I do kind of appreciate that the show has done is just comp- lose complete interest in origin stories for... Bad guys. Oh, for the Freaks of the Week? No one even tries to explain why he can split into two people. That's true. There's, That's <laughs> kind of nice. There's not, a, there's not a, like a news article that Chloe digs up about how he was in the middle of like, you know, he was very conflicted about where he was going to go for lunch to when the meteor strikes hit. And now he can split yeah. into two people. <laughs> he does still have a very thematic power. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but it almost works better. With his abilities, because, like, you know, I buy that he, because he has the ability to do two, twice as much as people, he's going to use that to achieve. Right. As opposed to, this guy is overachiever, and he could be in two places at once, so that's his power. You know, like, I, I, right. I'm okay with one coming before the other. Yeah. Uh, Clark is helping Lana move into Chloe's house. And they're kind of talking about stuff. Man, the, says, the dynamics between these three, three characters in this episode are weird. Oh, man. We're going to have a discussion about the last five minutes of this episode. So weird. Um, they should all just make out and be done with it. I guess. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, and then Clark says it's not easy when someone... Because um, Lana is talking about Nell moving and stuff like that and then Clark says it's not easy when someone you love moves away and then they share an awkward glance I guess because she's moving away from next door like is that what yeah. he's saying I okay the idea yeah hey Clark quit pouting like just <laughs> stop <laughs> you live in a small town it's not hard to still see her yeah Although they live in like a like a Luther, like com- not complex. What's the development? Uh, development. Yeah, I, that was weird. Oh, I didn't even notice that. 
Maybe I all think the, it was said Luther. Do all the LexCorp employees just live in one little yeah, cul-de-sac? That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. I don't I'd know. Watch... There was a sign out front that they, zoomed, they resumed past. I'd watch that show. Yeah, that'd be good. Like LexCorp families? Yeah. LexCorp families. Where all your families are LexCorp. <laughs> Mine was stupider. Yeah, I was doing Muppet Baby. Jonathan's leg gets split in half. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I skip uh, ahead? I was just a smidge. Clark less. They want to see if they want to celebrate, but they're both busy. Anyway, Happens. then Jonathan is working on the farm on a tractor by himself, and then it lands on his leg. And, uh... Man. Clark uses his x-ray vision to actually x-ray something. Yeah, he's actually doing what x-rays are for. Um, and then he just... Okay, but then he, like, drags Jonathan off. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, your leg is splintered. Let me drag it along the floor a little bit. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's not a medical professional. It's fine. Obviously. Ian shows up at the Talon. Um, The Torch. He showed the torch? He goes to meet Chloe. This is where he meets Chloe. That's right. I miss I mistyped. Yeah. Okay, because it's Chloe that says, days like this, I could really use two of me. Eh? Eh? I guess. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not very good. <laughs> no, it's not great. <laughs> uh, so they're flirting. Uh, it's cute, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, it's mean, less cute because he's we, a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Chloe has terrible taste in men. Really they, are all, they are three for three. Well, three for four, I guess, because Clark. Uh, uh, sure. Horrible murderers. Clark's so definitely yeah. responsible for someone's death at this point. Well, yeah, probably. He had a he let a big block or something fall on a guy, and he turned into bugs. Yeah, but he's at least got a moral compass. Sometimes okay, I so wonder we... if I'm being honest. <laughs> so we got Ian, we got artist guy with the hands, and we got ice guy, right? These are the three. Are there any others that I'm missing that Chloe has tried to hook up with that have ended up being murderers? Uh, I think that's it. Okay, we'll have to keep count. <laughs> Oliver Queen, right? Yeah, he shows up on the show later. And then Iceman? Or Iceman's brother, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to have to get to Jimmy Olsen at some point. Oh, boy. Anyway, Ian has been piling on classes, and he's going to graduate at the end of the year, even though he is just a sophomore. Good job, Ian. Yeah, I guess. Chloe says she wants an interview. Uh, and then giggles. Yeah, it's like a like a date interview. Yeah. As I think the uh, assumption there. Right. Jonathan's in the hospital. He's gonna be fine. Yep. Uh, here's hey. Here's a uh, kind of a gross thing that happens. Kind of a weird thing that happens where Martha comes in because she was supposed to be at home. So Clark had actually said to Chloe and Lana, "Hey, my mom's gonna be home to help with the chores, so I'm free. Do you guys want to celebrate?" Uh, yeah, and, and so they were busy. when Jonathan was working on the tractor, Martha was supposed to be there. And right. he he says, I'm tired of waiting. I'm just going to go do this. That's why he's alone when the tractor falls on him. So exactly. Martha shows up at the hospital. And both Clark and Jonathan are like, hey, 
where were you? You were supposed to be there. And she's like, I know, I'm sorry I was in this meeting. And they kind of imply that she's responsible for him. Like, and she was like, why didn't you wait on me? And Jonathan's like, I did wait wait on you. Like, they're both blaming her pretty much for what's happening. And then immediately Clark tells Lex that she blames herself. And he's like, no, you shouldn't blame yourself. But it's like, that. no, she she wasn't blaming herself. You guys were blaming her. Like, what what is this gaslighting nonsense you're doing? Yeah, Martha is not treated well by this episode in a couple of different she's ways. She's not. I mean, she eventually does blame herself, but only because she's been told to blame herself. Right. Were you Were you also, like, weirded out by how much everyone is freaking out about a broken leg? Like... So, the tractor it's a the pretty broken leg though it was an entire him, tractor though. yeah but like like Lex shows up and he's like <laughs> I can have my do- the finest metropolis doctors here in an instant well and like, to be fair Lex is <laughs> Lex, Lex is so trigger happy with those finest doctors in metropolis though like it, it at moment's <laughs> notice he will have them choppered in he says it that's that is true. Every single time he's in that hospital, he mentions the <laughs> finest doctors in Metropolis. And no wonder the doctor gets offended by that, because every doctor at the hospital is probably like, we do medicine here too, man. You don't need to import doctors every time something happens. Okay, now I starting to think that that might be part of the... Like, I think the writers might be in on the joke then. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and like, that's... Because he's doing it, it, it... It's a broken leg. Yeah, and, and, and he's Lex like... My, like, I have the finest doctors in the trial. My doctor's per- personal orthopedist or orthodontist or something. It's not orthodontist. But, like, he's just, like, immediately there with other better doctors. And, you know, like, it... So, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The kids are all really, at the hospital... It? Then Lex shows up with his offer of other doctors. He's talking to Hot Doctor, whose name is Dr. Bryce. And uh, she is, like, peeved with his offer for other doctors because she's like, I'm a doctor. I can handle a broken leg. Um, But also she's just kind of peeved by him in general. Right. And we find for out. reasons we'll find out a little bit later. I feel like how many women on this show have looked at Lex and said, you don't remember me, do you? Gotta be a couple. There's more than one at this more point. More than one. Yeah. There was a whole episode uh, about it. It was called Zero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lex and Clark talk about Martha a little bit. Clark, like, casually brings up the fact that he, that Lex uh, broke a meter maid's car. It's hilarious that he thinks it's funny. I think that's really I know. funny. <laughs> he just laughs about like, it. Clark thinks it's really funny. Yeah, which, I'm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is destruction of government property. I guess. I don't know. So is so is cutting a dollar in half, so I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> I mean, those things are a little bit different. No, but, I, see uh, I, I see your point. Ian and Chloe are at the Talon, for real this time. <laughs> yes, and their interview uh, is happening. Yes. And he's like, I just think there's more life than Smallville. He also says he's is... the reason he does everything that he does is because he's an only child. Yeah. But he's not. Get it? Oh, I get it. No, I didn't, and now I do. He's not. I mean, he, he is. Do you think they have, like, it's... a brother relationship? I don't know. I was Because they don't really interact at all until the end. Yeah. That would be a weird thing. Like, it would... Well, we'll get to my question. Anyway, um, we find out Chloe's an... Well, you don't find out, but Chloe talks about being an only child as well. Jacob, what's it like being a middle child? Um... You know, I've overcome a lot in my life. 
Mine is a story of not being left-handed. Of adversity. <laughs> I never stood a chance. <laughs> You're left-handed and a middle child. Listen, there's a reason I keep starting podcasts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle child syndrome that leads you to make podcasts. Honestly, I haven't thought about it until I just said it, but I don't think that's too far off from the truth. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. At the at the risk of diving too deep into my psychology, I think <laughs> I there's something say... there. <laughs> Did we just have a breakthrough live on air? I think we might have. Boy, that's yeah, no, that's not that's that's probably the case. Is that something <laughs> think, you need to examine? <laughs> I think this show is a direct manifestation of my middle child syndrome. <laughs> Welcome to Small Villains. <laughs> it was born out oh, of my broken God. brain. Everything's fine. Um, he, uh, then they end up... Chloe's got to go somewhere. I guess she's got to make the paper? Yeah, she's on some kind of deadline, and Ian offers to come along and then take her out afterwards. Yep, and Clark shows up, sees Chloe and them, and he's, like, weird about it. He's weird about so much in this episode. Uh, he talks to Ian about the, the grade and the teacher. And Ian's like, yeah, I talked to them. Definitely got that A. Clark's like, oh, Clark. what a weird thing you've just said, because I know it's not true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, but he's there at the Talon because he tells Lana that he can't do math math study with her because, uh, you know, his dad broke his leg. There's now Clark's got to do the farm chores. Right. But then Ian's like, hey, I'll help you. And Clark goes, what? Yeah, like he immediately watches Ian. That's why this is not a sustainable superpower, by the way. At some point, someone will see you in two different yeah. places. Legitimately, what happens next is, I mean, Ian does his split thing. He goes off with Lana and Chloe, but they're literally feet behind each other. Like, Chloe yeah. and he drive off as Lana and, and Ian are coming out of the building. Like, if you're going to be that careless with it, someone's going to see you. Someone could have just been standing across the street and watched you do that. Yep. Anyways. He has to get he has to get naked for this, though. Oh, 100% uh, fan service. Yeah. Look, the Jonathan, like the JTT stands exist, and they wanted him to take a shirt off because there have been so many other superpowers on this show where it does not make sense to wear clothes, and people, and they, <laughs> the science just ignores it. But for Jonathan Taylor Thomas, he's got to split in two, and he has to be naked to do it. Do you like the part where his face like came out of his back? It was horrifying. It looked like something it out was, of Beast Wars. I was watching Beast Wars the other day. I know. The animation does not hold up. Neither does the effects in this episode of Smallville. When Jonathan Taylor Thomas that. splits from himself. He dichotics. Okay. Anyway, then he and Lana and he and Chloe both go on a date. All four go on a date? All four All of them three? go on a date. Listen, just pretend you have a twin, you know? that You'd think that would be so much easier. Yeah. That's what Sean Ashmore does. <laughs> What's his brother's name? Aaron. Aaron Ashmore. Which one was on this show? Both. What? That's right. Dang it. Which one was Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> uh, technically neither. It was Jimmy Olsen's older brother. What? 
Did you not know that? What do you mean? Jimmy, the Jimmy Olsen on this show is not Jimmy Olsen as we know him. What do you mean? This, the Jimmy Olsen that is on Smallville is like the older brother of DC canon Jimmy Olsen. Hold on. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I believe James Olsen. <laughs> Are, so. I don't know. I never actually saw that season. They couldn't... Why would we'll they there. contrive that? Why on earth would you need that to not be Jimmy Olsen? We'll get there. In what universe is it not okay for that to be Jimmy Olsen? Have you seen current DC TV canon Jimmy Olsen? If that guy can pull off Jimmy Olsen, there's no reason why Sean Asmore can't also be Jimmy Olsen. Well, he's too old. Is the problem. Lois Lane is on this show! Yeah. I just feel like you're playing fast and loose with the timelines. Why do you need to fudge Jimmy Olsen of all people? Well, we'll find out in like five or so seasons. In comics canon, Jimmy Olsen is younger, sure, but he and Clark and Lana are all in each other's lives at the same time, and that is after Smallville. But on the show Smallville, Lois is around, and so is Clark. And so they've already thrown out comics canon timelines. There's no reason for that. And they've decided that Jimmy Olsen is the one sticking point. They can't have him because it doesn't make sense of the timeline? So Jonathan is trying to do too much. I am irate. But Clark already did all the chores. He cleaned the kitchen. The- Jonathan didn't well, know how to re- relax. Uh, he cleaned the, ki- the chicken coop. He fed the fish. I lost you again. He uh, 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 fed the cows. He washed the tractor. He uh, milked milked the cows. Anyway, he cleaned the chicken coop. Yeah, I said that was the first thing I said. You lost me. I did. Um. Clark has already done all the chores. <laughs> you know, he's he's uh, uh, cleaned the chicken coop. He uh, milked the cows. Probably fed them, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan does not want to relax, though. No, he doesn't he's know like, how to, so he's going to go work in the barn. Yeah, he's going to go lay on, lay, on, lay on the floor and, like, grease the tractor or whatever he says. Literally do what he got injured doing, by the sounds right? of it. <laughs> Anyway, Martha is stressing about the accident because they told her to. Right, because she's been gaslighted into believing it's her fault. Did Okay, so did the last part of the episode tickle... Like, was there a weekend in between the last shop class and this class? Cause, like, no, it's like, the same day. No, it's not. Or the next day. It's, it's just the next day? Yeah. Okay, I thought, I thought the teacher had said that the grades would go up Monday. Thursday, I thought. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. But there's no shop class today. Everybody's just like, okay. Do they just get free periods, or how does that work? Um, well, normally you would have a sub, but I can imagine not having getting able to being able to get a sub for a metal shop. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's maybe just like minute. a yeah, maybe just like a free period. What were they gonna do in class if they've already done their final project? Probably watch a movie if there's like a version of Johnny Tremaine they could see that might have been on the docket. I don't know. 
He was a metal worker, right? Yeah, that's how he burned his hand. Yeah, he burned his hand. Yeah. That's the only thing about that book I remember. <laughs> <laughs> he burned his hand with silver. I think he met George Washington at one point. Maybe. Did you read Johnny Tremaine, listeners? Let us know. <laughs> Pete accuses Clark Love of being jealous. Love that listener engagement. <laughs> Pete accuses Lana. Nope. Accuses, accuses Clark of being jealous of Lana and Eth- Ian? and Ian's relationship. I'm having a hard time with names today. Which uh, is... Uh, I get it, because Ian straight up kisses Lana. Yeah. And then he says, Jacob... The best thing about this entire episode. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Page me, Page he me. says. A, Jacob, a major plot point of this episode revolves around the fact that Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Does he have, he's got to have two beepers then, right? What do you mean? No, he would have just gotten, I forgot how beepers work because it's not. You know, 1998 anymore. I've never really known how beepers work. They're just like a texting machine, right? Yeah, basically. Like, you would, I guess, call the number? You would get a number, and you would know to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could also, like, leave messages. Right. Like, short messages. Like a voicemail or, like, a text? No, 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 like a text. Okay. Because, like, 911 was a big one. Like, if you if so, if it was an emergency and you needed somebody to call you back immediately, you would, like them and it'd show your number your your phone number and then like 911 how would you enter that text i i think you call the number and then it's like a voice to text oh like like on your keypad okay yeah like on your keypad i think i don't know like that t9 life yeah yeah exactly not t9 t9's predictive it would be just like touch tone i don't know I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how the messages worked. We because... lived through this portion of the world. Like you and I were alive for a long time before texting was the thing, and I'm clueless about how yeah, any of it worked before that. Beepers were a thing that that grownups and drug dealers had. Right, which is why my parents had two. <laughs> that was better, and you know it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the point is, we neither of us know how pagers work, right? Except for you would call them. You would call the beeper number. It would show them your uh, phone number. All I know you later is if you needed to reach someone, you could call them or beep them. This is things that I have learned from the Kim Possible theme song. Is beep is a beeper different from a pager? I don't think so. I think a beeper. I think a pager is the like official term for them and a beeper is uh, what people would call them we might as well be describing semaphore i have no idea how any of this works yeah it's wild this is 20 years ago cell phones have paid us played a significant role in this series up to this point and now he has a pager and everyone's like yeah why this does is normal. he have a pager i don't know clark and pete both have flip phones at this point that's enough evidence to believe that he's secretly an old person. We've had enough right? fake old people on this show that that should be a red flag for someone. <laughs> anyway, Lana and Ian are going to go on a date later. Then Clark goes to talk to Lana and lets her know that Ian bailed on Chloe for Lana. Okay, now that we've finally gotten to the main emotional conflict of the episode, we can uh-huh. talk about it. Yes. 
Philip, I'm on Clark's side a little bit here. What? I'm on Clark's side here a little bit here. No, Jacob. Here's the thing. I think he is watching his two friends get played by a guy. Hashtag the two friends. And he says something to them. Mm -hmm. And I think it is entirely justified for him to do that. I I also think that Chloe and Lana make the point, the very valid point, that there is too much history between the three of them for them not to doubt his intentions. Right. That's kind of where I'm landing. The conversation at the end of the episode between the three of them covers pretty much all of the ground that I feel like needs to be covered here. Yeah, but then it gets weird at the end of that conversation. Um, So Clark is reading um, transcripts. He's reading uh, Ian's college transcripts. Turns out uh, he's been taking classes at Smallville Community College at the same time he's been at high school. Jacob, I figured it out. He's got a time turner. That would, listen, if that's the case, like, if any of that, so what? You know? Clark's doing all this, like, digging on this guy. It's like, so what? Because he even says how he's doing it doesn't matter. So, like, he's just he's just digging into this guy's overachieving. Yeah. Are you on Clark's side or not? I'm confused now. Generally, I'm on Clark's side. This moment when he discovers this revelation about Ian, it's like, who cares? He's doing a lot of classwork. What does it matter? But that would explain how he saw him at the the fire and also at Chloe's. And how... But he doesn't. He even says he doesn't care about that. Does he? I feel like, yeah. I don't know, because this is exactly where he's like, let's figure out, let's be sure if he's, that he's a double. Yeah, maybe you're right. Let's make sure this is a Sean and Aaron Ashmore situation. Because Ian shows up to Chloe's house. She's not home. She's at the talent. But there's Clark being creepy, like, half a block away. As he do. Like he do. And then Pete sees Ian right outside the Talon. He's looking for Lana. And then Pete close, calls Clark on his flip phone. He's like, yep, there's two of them. There's two of them. They're there at the same time. So Clark calls Chloe. She doesn't answer. Nope. Which is uh, fair. Lana comes, Lana, sure, yeah. But then Lana comes in, and they just, like, talk like human adult beings. Like human beings, yes. Yeah, (laughs) they're like, hey, we should talk about Ian. A thing that would have happened if Clark had not, you know, without Clark's interference, at some point they would have had this conversation. Yeah. And then Chloe's sad because she's like, well, somebody else picked Lana over me again. And then Lana's like, no, you idiot. He's playing us both. (laughs) I mean, I get it, but yeah, Lana's got a good point here <laughs> uh where'd we go i totally ian shows got up. lost oh ian shows he, up yeah and he says the two smartest prettiest girls in school together you're almost my equal which is a great bad guy line it's like, very good <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's a terrible thing to say but he does it so well yeah Jonathan taylor thomas is a good villain he like, is he does he does a good he gives good villain in this for sure um, he closes and locks the door and then gets real threatening real fast. They say Clark tried to warn us about you. Thank you. That is correct. He did. Then his double shows up. And they're like, no. No. I did the thing again where I said Talon instead of Torch in my notes. It's Torch. Yeah. Because Pete and Clark show up. And they, they find, find a suicide, suicide. note. <laughs> 
they find some kind of suicide squad and mm. uh they go so the suicide squad is taking him to the dam that is 100% in the canadian wilderness like oh without a doubt so like i don't know much about what canadian wilderness looks like but i saw this shot and that's definitely canadian wilderness well, here's what's crazy. What happens at this point in the episode is kind of wild. Because Jonathan Taylor Thomas falls over the edge. Cart catches him. Lightning strikes them both. Boom! Superpowers. That'd, that'd be a great ending of the episode. It'd be, it just that'd be, be like good. A, yeah. That'd be a good cliffhanger. They should, make a, they should make an episode like that sometime. So the two Ians are dragging Lana and Chloe. They're going to throw them over the edge of the bam. That would Chloe give tries- us red and blue Superman because there's even lightning involved. I'm for it. It's perfect. They switch powers because Clark can split in half. There it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. So what would happen to the other Ian if he lost his split? Would he just be... I mean, that's what happens. His own self forever? I guess so. I, he'd probably be like um, Jamie Maddox in some of the X-Men comics where he loses a dupe and just gets like super traumatized about it. Did you know... The most horrifying thing that ever happened to Jamie Madrox, the multiple man? No. So he he gets married or something to this girl, and she gets pregnant, right? Uh-huh. And then she has a baby. And then as Jamie is holding his baby for the first time, he absorbs the baby as if it's a dupe. No! <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Isn't that wild and awful and, like... Doesn't Jamie Maddox go through, like, multiple, like, horrifying events? Yeah, he gets trapped in the future for a while. Well, I mean, a lot of them do. That, that was, like, Cable's whole thing. Like, er, yeah, Cable's. Yeah, because he was uh, Summers. Um, right? Like, isn't yeah, there other stuff like that? Where, like, he, he just gets, like, like a, a dupe dies and he, like, feels like a part of him has died or something. And it's, like, a legit, like, traumatizing stuff. Yeah. Why is the character with the goofy superpower the most, like, this is some Animal Man crap. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Ians, they're trying to kill the main girl characters on the show. Chloe tries to escape. She falls, hits her head, passes out, which is going to sure. be important very shortly. Right. Because Ian throws her off the dam. <laughs> and, and Clark goes after and- her. And Chloe dies. The end. Yep, the end. Clark goes um, after her, falls on the ground, catches her. Still would have killed her. This is not how gravity works. Number one, Clark would not have been able to hit the ground first. I mean, he could have, like you know, like skydivers do, where you just alter your wind resistance to go faster. I guess that's conceivable. Number two, her neck would have snapped in half. A la Gwen Stacy, right? Yeah, because yeah. he just like catches her he goes to the bottom and then catches her he just he prevented like four feet of her fall (laughs) yeah like he prevented her from hitting the dirt but his arms are still pretty solid yeah anyway then he runs he brings her back ian and lana the other ian and lana fall over the edge and then Clark realizes finally that they're there. Like, he goes a while without doing anything about this. Yeah. The other Ian hits Clark with a pipe and is like, wah? Wah? And then I guess Clark... Oh, Clark throws him into a sign. He does. Lana Put slips. that sign there. I don't know. Clark catches her. 
and one of the Ians falls to his death. We're not showing the other Ian again. Nope. We don't even have like them sitting in an ambulance anymore. We've just moved. We've moved yeah. past origin stories. We've moved past aftermath. We just go straight to like the conversation around the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, because we're back at the farm, and Jonathan's like, "So are Lana and Chloe okay?" And yeah, they're, like, yep. they're fine. Yep. They've been through like twelve of these things already. They're okay. <laughs> Chloe got buried alive, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, like, they've both been kidnapped multiple times. Everything's fine. If they're not broken shells of human beings by this point, nothing's gonna break them. Uh, Martha is thinking about quitting her job. Jonathan's like, no, don't do that. Jonathan admits that things have been different between them since she took this job, and he just has to learn to accept it. And that's very yeah. grown-up of him. Yeah, like it's a very they they actually have the conversation that they probably should have had when she took the job. Probably. Um back at Chloe's house, Chloe and Lana talk about Ian. They decide that they shouldn't have any more secrets between them. They talk about abandonment issues. It's a very nice scene. It is. And then this thing happens. Oh boy. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. We got another yeah. hour left. Let's go. No, we don't. We have. I have to leave in like ten minutes. <laughs> Come on, let's get real. Um, let's turn the let's chair, turn the chairs backwards. So the three Clark, Chloe, and Lana meet up at the Talon. They apologize to Clark. Clark, we talked about this a little bit. Where Clark is like, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to hurt you. Blah 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 blah. He feels like uh, he gets cut no slack when someone like Ian gets cut all the slack. Which, I mean, but then, like I said, it's that's a fair feeling, but then, like you said, they bring up uh, the fact that, you know... They have a history. He hasn't been exactly the most trustworthy, open... Yeah. Yeah, forthcoming is a good word for it. Yeah. Clark says, I expected more from the both of you, which... That sucks. What? That sucks. Clark, don't... You're literally lying to them most of the time. That sucks. I don't like it. Like, he's a real jerk at the end of this episode. And then he... Can you oh, explain what happens And the then... I don't get it. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, you want to be friends? Let's just be friends. And then Lana's like, is that what you really want? And he's like, yeah. And then... She gets sad, obviously. And then uh, he leaves the Talon and, like, like smiles wistfully? It's like a weird twist. Like, why is he doing that? I don't know. I don't understand it. We did miss the excellent line that Ian said when they were talking about how Lana says that Clark gives so many mixed signals it would scramble a radar. It's a very good line. <laughs> and here is another mixed signal. I to don't us, know what, the audience. Why did he smile? I don't know what Clark is doing here. He just had this horribly unpleasant conversation with his friends, the kind where after you have, like, a really bad argument with someone and, you and like, you ostensibly get over it, but there's just no way your relationship actually recovers to where it was before after this. Right. Like, it's the kind of argument that straight up changes the nature of your relationship and you can never go back even though you try to. Yeah. That's the kind of conversation they just had. And then he leaves and smiles for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't know what the writer slash directors were were trying to imply here. I'm very confused. I don't get it. Maybe it I be... will say. So Clark says, "I'm tired of being treated like the 
overprotective boyfriend. The jealous boyfriend, he The says. jealous boyfriend, that's what he says. Especially because none of us have dated. Which <laughs> Except is, for he and Chloe kind of did. Well, they, yeah, whatever. And, like, in outside of context, that's a perfectly valid complaint. But mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't know if that stands up in context. I don't know if their baggage justifies him feeling that way. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I really don't. That's why this whole thing is so weird and why his reaction after he leaves is so weird. is because there's so much murkiness here. Which is, to the show's credit, like, there's some complex dynamics at play here. Even if it's a little melodramatic. Yeah. It's still, like, good. It's still meaty stuff, but why does weird... he get, like, a Walter White smile after he leaves? Yeah, it's a, we- it's a weird way to end things. It which is. Which leaves a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you got your way? Like, what? Are you happy they apologize? Like, what is? what are you smiling about? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's bizarre. It's the end of the episode, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the note that they leave us on. Maybe maybe it maybe it's paid off next yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe it is. Maybe it 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 continues. Cuz there've been a be couple great. of those. There've been a couple yeah. of those uh where someone will like have a have a reaction to something or like will end on someone's face and they have a, a expression you can't quite place, but then it's sort of paid off pretty quickly after that. I'm yeah, thinking... they kind of did that with Red into um Edgar Allan Poe kid. They did that with Red. They did that with Lex and Lana uh, to Ugh. some extent. Like, uh, that's more of a slow burn that's still ongoing, but they did kind of play up a little bit of, like, it was It was right after he agreed to fund the Talon. Right. She got this weird look, and that's sort of been playing, playing out ever since. But I, I'm assuming we'll get more of that. Otherwise, this was nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. Let's hopefully hopefully it'll play out uh, in the next episode, which is titled Skinwalker. Ooh, shapeshifter. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find hmm. out. Some kind of vampire situation. I guess that's a daywalker. I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's Blade. All their strengths and all their weaknesses. But it's pretty cool. He's got it's a it's a pretty plush deal he's got. Yes, it's nice. I've never seen a Blade movie. Oh, you should. They're very good. Well, mm. two of them are very good. Trinity's bad, right? It's not great. Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Is Jessica Biel in that one? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Triple H is also in that. The wrestler. Oh, weird. Parker, po- Parker Posey is in it. So oh, it's got cool. that going for it. She's good. Uh, okay, let's rank Dichotic. Um, it was probably better than Ryan, right? I liked it better than Ryan. You did like it better than Ryan. Think? I'm okay with putting it above Ryan. Okay, so the next, like, pretty good Freak of the Week above that is Jitters, Obscura. Which one is Obscura? Is that our boy, Edgar Allan Poe? Yes. Oh, it was definitely better than Reaper. Why is Reaper so... Oh, it had the dad stuff. Reaper had dad stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. We always uh, forget. Do you want to put it above that? That's where it, it's, it's... Okay, so we have Craving, Reaper, and Obscura, all three in a row. Definitely don't think it's higher than Craving. Okay. Uh, so it's it's going to be on either side of Reaper or what? Um, I think it's better than Obscure. I think it's going to be on either side of Reaper. I would put it above. I'm okay putting it above Reaper, I think. And then below Craving? Yes. 
because that had uh, Academy Award winner Amy Adams in it. It did. It's going to be hard to beat that. Okay, I'm happy with that. Let's do that right there. Dichotic. I don't know how to spell dichotic. D-I-C-H-O-T-I-C. <laughs> Enters the list below Craving and above Reaper, which puts it 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Number 8. Okay. On our list of 29, 30 of 30. 30. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find us. It helps us know you're listening. It's good news all around. I'm assuming we don't have any new reviews since the last time we recorded. No, it was very recently that we recorded the last episode. Okay. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at SmallVillains1. Uh, I am at Jack Norwood, J-A-C Norwood. Philip is at Firehawk32. That's me. Uh, you can leave a comment on our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash smallvillains. Thank you to Jonathan Colton for the use of his song Nemesis off the album Artificial Heart. Thank you, Joe Co. And I believe that is everything. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, as always, statistically, podcasting is still the safest way to travel. That's right. This is our 30th one. Yep. You talked about that at the beginning, Jacob. We had a whole party. You're right. It was a whole hour ago. It was so. two hours ago <laughs> based on this recording time. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to have to edit. Okay. Um, 